Hello and welcome to the What Manners Most podcast. I'm Thomas Farley, Mr. Manners. Thank you so much for tuning in. I was thinking recently about how long it has been since I actually sat down in a movie theater. And in looking back, it turns out it was February 24th. I went to see opening night of the movie Invisible Man with Elizabeth Moss. Such a great movie. I was on the edge of my seat. But speaking of seats, I was reflecting on how that particular evening, there was a little bit of consternation amongst my friends over which seats and which aisle were the best to enjoy such an immersive thriller and some back and forth conflict about where we should all sit. Well, all of that now seems so completely inane in a time when movie screens are dark, projectionists are all home with their families. None of us are actually going into a movie theater to enjoy a movie experience. Plenty of streaming, seeing lots of movies, catching up on films that perhaps we cherish and love or films that somehow escaped our attention until now. And that's been great. But I really do miss being in a movie theater, which got me to wondering, what is it going to be like when we actually return to the movie theaters. What can we expect? And what's going on in Hollywood at this particular point in time? What's happening with film production? What actors are stepping up to the plate to help with the onslaught of the coronavirus? And there's no one better enabled to give us that information and more than the absolutely delightful entertainment reporter, Jeannie Wolf. She's a friend of mine from the West Coast who is truly, no exaggeration, interviewed just about every bold-faced name you can think of in Hollywood, started her career at Entertainment Tonight, and has just gone on to every red carpet from the Golden Globes to the Academy Awards. And her wonderful, winsome way, I think, probably means that she has a lot of Hollywood secrets. And I'm not going to be asking her about those, at least not in this particular podcast. But I do want to hear Jeannie's thoughts about where we are as a culture with respect to going to the movies and what we can imagine will happen in the coming months. So that conversation with Jeannie Wolf coming right up. Hollywood historically has played such a role in brightening spirits. And even during the Great Depression, you could probably get into the movies for a penny or a nickel and you maybe couldn't travel. You couldn't go to a restaurant, but you could go and you could see a picture in the afternoon to lift your spirits. At a time when we're all sheltering in place, so many people are, of course, streaming their content and they're enjoying Hollywood's best from within the confines of their home. Jeannie Wolf, what does that mean for the movies? People really do miss sports events and movies and concerts. As a people, as a species, we're used to hugging each other and saying hi and complaining about crowding and complaining about lines. And I do have a feeling that people miss that very much, though many, many people are scared to go back to it. It's a bit of conflict in people's mind. But, you know, we've all been watching much too much television. At my house, it's turn on the news. No, turn off that news. (laughs) (laughs) It's a combination of both. And then at the same time, it's good to know that Hollywood people have flesh and bones and that they are as worried and nervous and scared as everybody else. And as a matter of fact, there is some notion that fame may never be the same now that we've seen 
this many female stars without their makeup. Mm. <laughs> do you think that will be a lasting change or do you think after all this, people will be ready for a little bit of glamour again? I think there'll be some of that, but I, I really do think we must remember that people have died. We must remember that people are sick. We must keep in mind that so many, many people, even in our industry, are out of work and out of income and kids at home. And it's it's a very tough time for a lot of people. Now, what I've really got in my mind is, do you think Jennifer Lopez is baking like the rest of us? Do you think Jennifer Lopez gained 15 pounds? <laughs> She looks great, I gotta say. I, I think love agrees with her. We've seen so many of the people who are used to being glamorous at home. Lady Gaga, Bruce Springsteen, Elton John. The funny thing is that sometimes, even if they're giving a very serious message, it's distracting because people are looking at Oprah Winfrey's home and saying, who takes care of that lawn? Who <laughs> polishes that chandelier? So I found especially at the beginning when this was happening, that people couldn't hear the message of the celebrities because mm. they were checking out how they looked in a more homey sort of way, and they were checking their homes. What's that picture on the wall? Uh -huh. Hey, there's a piano there. There's two pianos there. And they were you know, busy getting that glimpse that even Us Magazine couldn't bring us. Gina, you're raising a couple of really interesting points that I had not even entertained, which is number one, we're seeing celebrities look far less glamorous, whether it's makeup wise or wardrobe wise, than we're accustomed to seeing them on a big screen. Secondly, though, you're right. They are bringing us, you think of someone like Jimmy Fallon, bringing us into their homes on either a daily or some kind of a regular basis. How will that change the way we think about our celebrities? Does it make them more like us? Do we feel like we know them better than we ever did before? What's What do you think the result will be? I think in some ways, they will be. They will seem more like us. Uh, on Jimmy Fallon, we see Chris Hemsworth's kids in the background, Jason Bateman's kids, Kelly Clarkson's kids, you know, acting up for the camera. And, Jim, and of course, Jimmy Fallon loves it. A lot of stars are nervous about revealing their personal life, even when they're not scandalous and even when they're not in a new romance, because they're worried that you won't see the characters they play. Mm. Michael Caine, I don't know how many times he said, I don't want you to say... Gee, that Michael Caine's a great actor. I want you to feel for the character that I'm playing. So there's a fear of that. And we like to idealize our stars. I can't even begin to count in the thousands, probably, the number of celebrities that you've interviewed over the course of your wonderful and continued thriving career. Are there any celebrities that have really stuck out in your mind as doing a wonderful job as it comes to inspiring us and keeping our spirits uplifted? When they get called on. Hollywood celebrities truly show their heart. And you, you couldn't even begin to go down that list. So you're right. I have interviewed a lot of people. And, you know, your mommy always said it's not nice to name drop. But if I don't name drop, everyone's very disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I do think, I think it's hard to make a, a, a list at all. There's nurses dying. There's doctors staying up all night. Does what I do matter? So when as a celebrity, you get a notion that you could really change someone's life, that's, that's very warming. And that really makes what you do seem worthwhile. 
I would imagine one of the most high profile celebrities to get involved in the corona pandemic discussion was Tom Hanks and his wife, Rita Wilson. They, of course, caught COVID-19. Would you say that their having the illness and their cheerfulness about it and their recovery, did that play any part in calming people's fears? Coronavirus is very unpredictable and very evil. But uh, in one way, it did something good by picking Tom and Rita. They got through it. They talked about how hard it was. And then they tried to come right down to earth. But behind the scenes, they've helped a lot of individuals and a lot of charities. This is a couple. You want to see them make it through. Tom Hanks is somehow as all-American as we want him to be, as well as being a great actor and a great star. Uh, I'm sorry for them being ill. They're friends of mine, but I, I, I think it was great the way they handled it and for them to be the first. So we've been talking mainly about the folks in front of the camera. But then, of course, there are the folks behind the camera who don't make the multi-million dollar salaries, the lighting people and the makeup people and the editors, everybody who makes a film work. How are they dealing with this at a time when they can't be working? What's, what's happening? What are you hearing? And how is the community helping them? I'm hearing terrible, terrible stories of people afraid to lose their homes, of people out of work. Uh, And on the next sort of level, there are a lot of dreams attached to show business. So people who got their first series and all of a sudden it was canceled. Actors who got a chance to do a different kind of movie and all of a sudden it's not going forth. People behind the scenes who finally got a weekly job. The stories are very individual, but they're... They're heart-wrenching. And just because they're in a field that seems glamorous, they go home and their kids are trying to do school at home and they're trying to help them and they're trying to get groceries and they're trying to keep up somewhat of an appearance. It's a very tough time for everybody. And I think we're very conscious of how lucky we are when we're lucky and how unlucky it's been for so many, many people. Jeannie, what sorts of entertainment do you think we most need to be seeing? There was a an outbreak of outbreak watching, I remember, at the very early start of this. Yes, I did it too. <laughs> I did it too. And it, we all got over that. I think right now we don't want to watch outbreak. I think we want escapism. For the most part, I think what you, what you see is, what's the tiger guy? Yes. You cannot know what the audience will turn to. But right now, if the audience is expressing anything as a group, it's divert me, get me away from all this. So with that mindset, get me away from all of this, what will it be like? How long will it be before we start seeing theaters opening their doors in your estimation? And what will be different? How will it appear to a moviegoer in three or six or nine months compared to what it was before all of this? Everything will be different. You'll get your temperature taken. You'll get your tickets online. There's no more of those soda machines where everybody presses a button and gets a soda. That's too open. No popcorn, nothing that's open. Everything will be wrapped and you'll even order your concessions offline. And whether people will go for that is very hard to know. The first big movie that's supposed to open is Tenet, and that's July 17th. That movie costs $200 million to make, and that's before distribution costs or anything else. Everybody's holding their breath. 
to see if that movie really will open, if Warner Brothers will blink, because even if theaters are open, they're wondering, will they be open in New York and L.A., which is 20 percent of the revenue, New York and L.A.? We know one thing. Christopher Nolan is a passionate believer that films need to be shown in a movie theater. And he really wanted to be the first one out there, whether it'll make it because of timing and circumstance will be something everybody's watching. Do you think, Jeannie, the studios will look at this as an opportunity to bypass theaters and go directly to the consumer, do same-day release where you're actually paying to see a movie in your home rather than splitting it with the theater? They've tried that already, but they can't make money on it. They tried some movies that are... $20 a pop, and very few have have made a splash. The only way you can make money on a movie, really make money on a big movie, is with theater tickets, concessions, and people in the seats. Despite the fact that many people do have gigantic televisions or even projectors in their homes, and they've got an index of films that would take them a lifetime to see at their fingertips in their homes— And yet, even with movie uh, attendance down before all of this, what is it about a movie and and experiencing a film on the opening night or opening week with an audience that's different from watching at home? I remember going to see, oh, what was that? Weekend at Bernie's or, you know, some ridiculous comedy. And what happens is in the theater, people laugh. And then as the comedy gets like stranger and stranger, first you see people kind of look at each other Are they going to laugh and then burst into laughter? And there's something about the freedom of that kind of silly laughter and everybody reacting at once and making noise that's very freeing. And I find the same thing when people are quietly feeling emotion. I mean, I'm addicted to movies and going to movies in the theaters, though I get plenty of screeners. But there's nothing like going to a movie with a regular audience. If I really care about a movie, whether it's a dumb comedy, which I love, or a great masterpiece, which I love, I want to see it with other people. Jeannie, you mentioned Tenet possibly coming out in July. What are the movies that were supposed to be hoped for big summer blockbusters that are now postponed or even some movies in the fall that are on your must-see list when they finally do open in a theater? Well, right now, Everything's on my must-see list because I feel like I have to comment on it. The new Wonder Woman is coming out August 14th. And everyone knows I'm a Wonder Woman fan. I I walked around with Wonder Woman buttons for a while. (laughs) I love James Bond, and that doesn't come out till November. And, And I can't wait to see West Side Story. Now, there is something coming out that we all want to see, and we're going to be able to see streaming. Disney has done this amazing thing. They're bringing Hamilton to the screen. Mm -hmm. But now it is going to air at home. That wasn't supposed to come out for a year and a half. But now is the time they know that they can bring in the most audience. So that's going to be a pleasure. How is this going to change the way scripts are done? Is the content going to be different, do you think, as a result of this experience? And how is the production process going to be different as suddenly everyone and their mother overnight became a broadcast personality on video calls? How is the process of movies going to change? You ask how the little people are doing? Right now, they are afraid to write scenes with extras. A lot of people make their living being color or extras, as they call it. 
they're not going to write scenes with extras because they can't afford to bring people in, quarantine them for two weeks, have them come near their big stars in a crowd scene. The only person who's really majorly starting production right now is Tyler Perry in Georgia. He's flying his actors in on private planes. His studio is a former army barracks. So it's a, it, there are residences there, the stars and the crew and the makeup people and everybody will come and be quarantined in this facility, not able to leave for a period of weeks. And everyone will wear masks except people who are getting makeup put on their face. And the, the new best job in Hollywood is be a safety supervisor to be able to walk around sets and say, don't go near him and forget about shaking hands or patting someone on the back. Go try and do love scenes right now at a time when everyone, everybody, no matter how careful or how young they are, is scared to death. It's going to completely change. There'll be some daring people. There's some small productions right now. And Directors wrote, we made it through, we got a scene done, and the actors helped carry things and, and help put things in, you know, set things in place. I saw the Screen Actors Guild release a bulletin that said, if actors are asked to do extra tasks, they should charge for it. And that made me furious, wow. because we are going to need to do everything yes. if we want to bring that back. Get off our high horse. Get off our union people can only do this. Right now, the rules have to be bent and the, the desire to make TV shows and to make films has to be there strong enough that we'll take chances. Do I sound absolutely doomsday? Because I'm, I'm so aware of the problems. On little films and on big films, they're not going to be able to get insurance. They're not going to get insurance if someone's hurt on the set, or if there's a reason that they have to stop production. Someone like Tyler Perry can self-insure. Some TV series that had already started and have insurance intact can, can start again. But little productions are perhaps the most vulnerable. Big productions are going to be fighting for the theaters, fighting for the, the sets, fighting for the, for the crews. So that would be a lovely dream if you could go back to small, intimate, what we used to, you know, like foreign films. Forget it. Right now, those are just about as much in question. Tough, tough, tough. What do you think the ordinary person out there who has nothing to do with Hollywood but just loves movies and loves wonderful television shows, what is, what is the best thing that they can do once things start to open up? If they feel safe. And if they abide by the rules, you want to see Tom Cruise, <laughs> you want to see Mulan, you want to see Black Widow, then show yourself in force that you care about entertainment. We need it. And we need that Hollywood community to be back and strong and generating the wonderful entertainment so that we can feel good about ourselves. We need artists to interpret this time for us. You read about the statistics of people who are suffering depression just from staying home or from who they've lost. So I, I think we need entertainment. I think we need great songs and great music and, and great acting and great stories. I always think we need that. And I'm, I'm ready. We need you. We need you out there doing your thing as, as you do so wonderfully. I think you were at the Golden Globes, right? Before all of this oh, began. Oh, every awards. The Hollywood Reporter did this sort of 
mock-up of what award shows could look like. And they're little plastic cubicles that you'd go in <laughs> and the reporter would be standing outside. Wow. It's, it's not human. It's not how we're meant to do things. So we're all longing for that, but we got to stay safe in the meantime. Well, Jeannie, you are the best, truly, and your perspective is always so welcome and so spirited. For my listeners, what are some best ways for people to find out more about you and all of your wonderful work? Well, I'm the West Coast editor of Saturday Evening Post. The Saturday Evening Post is still in print. <laughs> and I write for American Airlines magazine, Celebrated Living. Billy Crystal is in this month, but you won't see it because nobody's nobody's flying. You can go to Gene Wills Hollywood on YouTube, Facebook. I'm reading everybody else's little tidbits and trying to make a few of my own. You are just as as entertaining as the industry you cover, Jeannie. And I really, I know how in demand you are. And I really thank you for coming on the show and, and giving us your, your insights. And I look forward to having you back when we can both speak about a slightly rosier situation than the one that I know we're presently in. I'm going to give you a loud smooch. And Aww. you're still safe. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Air, the ho- even the Hollywood air kiss is is perhaps uh, threatened at this point in time. Right before the pandemic, what the lockdown started, I saw Joan Collins walk into a restaurant. I've known her for years, and I went to shake her hand or just touch her on the arm. She said, no, no, Jeannie, don't touch me, don't come near me. <laughs> the virus, the virus. <laughs> All right, be good. Oh, thank you so much, Jeannie. Take care. I'll be back with some closing thoughts coming right up. Director Steven Spielberg once said, Every time I go to a movie, it's magic, no matter what the movie's about. I don't know that I can go quite that far. I've certainly been to some movies that I would not call magic. With that said, I love going to the movies. Sticky, floors, and all. Where would we be without the opportunity to sit in a theater and cry together and laugh together and experience emotions together? All things that I think after this global ordeal that we've been through and are still going through something that we really, really need as human beings to come together and experience those emotions. And although from what Jeannie said, that experience is going to look quite different from what it did before, I still think it's important for us to support it, to ensure that unlike that movie Invisible Man, the movie industry is not rendered invisible. Make sure to tune in next week when my guest will be longtime Esquire magazine food critic John Mariani speaking about what we can expect from the world of restaurants as restaurants begin to open up. Until then, thank you so much for tuning in, for listening, as we explore, discover, and distill what manners most. <laughs>